0: Praise the Lord. Welcome to the official GVPC podcast. My name is Pastor Chris Keats. I am the pastor of Gila Valley Pentecostal Church in Safford, Arizona. We're so glad to have you here listening to this podcast. We pray that it richly blesses you and God bless you. up I had to take my jacket off that means I'm having fun so glad to be in the house man I love this my first time in your new sanctuary this is awesome this is God thing this is meant to be we saw it the last time I was here we just had to wait a little bit on it but uh, glad for the vision of your leadership so thankful for Brother and Sister Keys, their family. I even like CJ. I don't know why. but I love this place. You know what's crazy? I was thinking this morning while I was having a good time over here. It's crazy. Gila Valley just doesn't know the treasure that's sitting right in the middle of it. They, they don't understand. They, they think they know partying. Probably some of them might already be hungover from last night. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go home tired, but it's going to be a good tired. I'm going to wake up in the morning feeling well. Hallelujah. I'm not going to have a headache. I'm not, I might have a few body uh, muscle aches because I'm old and I don't exercise enough, but that's my fault, not God's. But I'm so glad. Oh, I love the presence of God. There's nothing, there's nothing like the family of God. There's no, no party like a Holy Ghost party. In Isaiah 53, verse 5, the word says, He was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity. I'm not preaching yet. Y'all can sit down. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. I believe my brother got a touch this morning, came forward for prayer, and I believe when we pray, God hears our voice. I don't believe it's going to be very long. We're going to hear the testimony of God touching my brother's body. The Bible says, all oh, we like sheep have gone astray and turned everyone to his own way. The Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. We talked about that this morning. my brother taught this morning, God of this universe took upon himself, He lowered himself. I was thinking as he was teaching this morning, you can either humble yourself or God will humble you. I would much rather humble myself (laughs) than be humbled by Almighty God. But we are in relationship with God. The Word says he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was God Almighty. I don't know about you, but if I was God, it would have been really hard for me not to say something when they're slapping me, when they're spitting on me, when they're beating me with a cat a knife. It would have been really hard for the God who created everything to let a little measly creation pick on me. But yet he humbled himself. Why did he do it? He was slaughtered like a lamb to slaughter sheep before his shearer is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He did it because he loved you. He did it because he wanted a relationship with. In the the worship this morning, I felt the presence. I felt God's mind. He's got his arms open. You ever been with someone that you love dearly, but they wouldn't let you touch them? You ever wanted to take somebody in your arms and just, oh, squeeze them. I love you. And they held you at arm's length. You know the frustration of that? You ever felt the frustration of loving someone deeply and wanting so bad to comfort them and love them and yet they hold you? Sometimes we're like that with God. Don't be like that with God. Open your arms up, hey, God, if you want to hug me, hug me. If you want to touch me, touch me. Woo. Revelations, in the end, the Bible says, these shall war against the Lamb. There are going to be some people, my brother said this morning, he chose to be an atheist, to believe there is no God. Shut up, God, leave me alone. There's going to be somebody, some that war against the Lamb. But the Bible says the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And they also shall overcome that are with him. The chosen and the faithful. I'm glad this morning I know who Jesus is. I'm glad he doesn't have to do it again. He did it once and that was enough. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. This song is called The Lamb, the Lion, and the King." Slaughter, Jesus never opened his mouth. From the child to the crucifixion, till the grave he was laid out. After three days in a garden tomb, I can hear the angels sing. As the lamb came for the lion, and the lion became the king. Oh, you won't find him again at the whipping post, standing there so meek, and he won't be to a rugged cross through his hands and through his feet.
1: There'll never be another cavalry because
0: he don't have to prove one thing. That day the lamb became a lion. lion became the king. Woo! Are you glad you know the king of kings? Hallelujah! Praise God! Well, Jesus left his splendor to live on earth a man. By most he was rejected because he came forth as a lamb. But the day is soon approaching when every eye shall see the lamb, the lion of Judah, has been crowned the king of kings. Oh, you won't find him again at the whipping folk standing there so meek. And he won't be nailed to a rugged cross through his hands and through his feet. Well, there'll never be another Calvary, cause it don't have to prove one thing. That day the lamb became a lion, the lion became a king. No, you won't find him again, the whipping post standing there so meek. And he won't be nailed to a rugged cross through his hands and through his feet. There'll never be another Calvary, cause it don't have to prove one thing. That day the lamb became the lion, lion became the king. Oh, that day the lamb became a lion, lion became the king. Hey, he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Oh, and I'm gonna praise him forever. I worship you today, Jesus. Woo! Are oh, you glad you know who Jesus is? I'm so glad I know who Jesus is. Thank you, Jesus. While you're on your feet so I don't make you stand again, I'm going to take you to the word of the Lord this morning. I want to say it's uh, awesome to have my bride with me today. We celebrated 28 years of marriage yesterday. <laughs> Fellas, if you don't want to forget your anniversary, just get married on your birthday. That's what I did. So a smart way to remember it. Plus, it was the first date that I could grab a hold of. Because her dad wanted me to wait, and I didn't want to wait, so we got married as soon as I could get a date. Got down, I, I don't even know if I, I got, I got down on a knee, didn't I? Well, thank God I was traditional. I heard a, I heard a young man, He he just got touched by God, received the Holy Ghost at his house, and we brought him to the church to baptize him in Jesus' name, and When he walked in the sanctuary, he turned to his girlfriend, he said, Kaylee, we're getting married. I was like, okay, that's a a new approach. He didn't ask her, he told her. He said, I'm tired of living in sin. Anybody ever feel that way? I don't want to live in sin. Oh, I've been there. It's no fun. It don't feel good. Matthew 7, verse 21 says, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. I don't know about you, but that's a a bit of a scary scripture for me. Jesus, God in the flesh, said, Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of God. Just because you know who he is, you got to do the will of his Father. He said, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name, cast out devils in thy name done many wonderful works. Then he will say, he said, then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me. Mm. Mm. You worker of iniquity. Mm. My message today is, does Jesus know you? Father, I know this is not the most popular message. I know we may not rah-rah over it, but I pray, God, that it will sink into the spirits of your children, that it will bring joy in the end because when they receive you, they will know that you know them. I pray it in the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. Does Jesus know you? I start with the nurse's story. She said it was a busy morning, about 8.30 a.m., when an elderly gentleman in his 80s arrived to have stitches removed from his thumb. He said he was in a hurry and he had an appointment at (laughs) 9. That's a little soon to be making another appointment after an 8.30 doctor's appointment. I don't know about you, I don't usually see the doctor within 30 minutes. So here he is. She said, I took his vital signs and had him take a seat, uh, knowing it would be at least an hour before someone was able to see him. I saw him looking at his watch, she said, so I decided that since I was not busy with other patients, I would evaluate the wound. On exam, she said, it was well healed, so I talked to the doctors, got the needed supplies to remove the searchers and redress the wound. While taking care of his wound, she said, I asked him if he had another doctor's appointment that morning or why was he in such a hurry? She said he told me no. He needed to go to the nursing home and eat breakfast with his wife. She said I inquired as to her health, and he told me she had been there for a while. She was a victim of Alzheimer's disease. Huh. As we talked, I asked if she'd be upset that you're not you're late. And he said no. She no longer knows who he was. She hadn't recognized him for five years. Surprised, she said, "Sir." And you still go every morning, even though she doesn't know who you are? He smiled, she said, and patted my hand. Said, oh, she doesn't know me, but I know her. You see, this morning, it's not just about who you know. It's about who knows you. It's about who you're really in a relationship with this morning. It's about do you have real relationship with God? Does he know you? Jesus said there's coming a day when we're going to stand before him, and to some he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. How could this be? I, I, I don't understand. How could it be? It's a tough saying because we're talking about the God who created man. We're talking about the God who spoke everything into existence, but yet he got down and put his hands in the dust of the earth, and he formed man with his own hands, and he breathed into man the breath of life, and man came alive, but you see, there was a time in the garden. When Adam and Eve chose, because they were given a choice, they chose to eat the fruit that they were told not to eat. And the Bible said, then and there they died. And so we as human beings, because they didn't drop dead, we don't want to believe the story. But they were dead in their sin. And every one of us, David said, I was born in sin. I was shaped in iniquity. There is not a one of us who does not have sin. So we don't lord over one another. We love each other and we hope that you will give your sin to God. We hope that you will accept the price that the King of kings and the Lord of lords paid for your redemption. But today if you're here in sin, you are dead to Christ. Don't wonder how he could say, I don't know you. Because in your sin, he does not. This morning, I tell you, it's not just important who you know. It is important who knows you. Does the king know you? You see, it's more than just shaking a preacher's hand and, oh, you're a part of the family of God. Ah, uh, the religions of this world, they try, they tried, they make it easier and easier. Oh, you don't even have to be baptized anymore. If you're willing to do it, it's just done. Yeah. You have no baby in your womb, but you're pregnant. No, there has to be some action. There has to be some things happen. If a baby's born and never breathes, it's not alive. If you're not pregnant, you're not with child. You don't sign the role of the church and poof, you're a Christian now. You don't just believe on him. He's got to know you. He's got to be in a relationship with you. You don't get baptized sprinkling a little bit of water on somebody. huh? If we want to bury your dead body so it doesn't stink up the joint, we don't throw a little dust on it and, oh, they're buried now. It's all good. No, no, we we put you under. It's the same thing. I don't want my sins stinking up my life anymore. So I'm going to go down in water in the name of Jesus, and my sins are going to get washed away because I'm tired of sin because he's got to know who I am. I've got to have him in my life. They say, oh, just accept the Lord as your personal Savior and whew, you're saved now. No, no. Relationship doesn't come without action, it doesn't come without a two way. It's not just a one, oh, no, you don't just believe in your mind and poof, you're saved. No. Believing is the very beginning. That's before you repent. Because if you don't believe he died for you, how, who are you repenting to? Who are you asking for forgiveness? Who can forgive you? I can't forgive you. I got a lot of sins of my own. That's right. I can't wash your sin away. I'm dealing with my sin. But there is one who had no sin. And like a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep to the shearer, oh, he kept his mouth shut and he took on my sin. He took on my filth. He took on my shame. He took on my pain and my struggle. He took it on his body. And he bore it for me. And so now I can say thank you. Now I can say forgive me. I'm here to tell you this morning, you don't have to beg God to forgive you. You think he went through all of that? So he could say, well, you need to say that a few more times. I don't, I don't believe you yet. No, you ask him, and if your heart means it, he knows the heart. You can lie, bold face lie to me, but you can't lie to God. When you ask him, the Bible says he is faithful and just. So, no, if you come to him today, you know what the enemy's gonna do? The enemy's gonna judge you. The enemy's gonna sit right here on your shoulder and say, Oh, God, don't forgive you, dirty rat. Come over here, come over here and do some more drugs. See if you can forget it that way. Guess what? You're gonna wake up tomorrow and your sin's still gonna be there. Oh, but if you'll come and you'll ask Him to forgive you, you'll wake up tomorrow and your conscience will be clear because He'll wash your sin away. If you will know Him and let Him know you, things will change. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In John 14, 6, no man comes to the Father but by me. Huh? You can know who he is, but unless you know who he is, you're in trouble. You need to know Jesus. God robed himself in flesh. God lowered himself from heaven and robed himself in flesh as a man. And he walked among us. And because there is only one who has no sin, it is God himself. Only God could die. Oh, God didn't send his little boy to do his dirty work. No, God became a man. Emmanuel, God with us, he became a man, and he went to the cross. For you see, God is not flesh. God is spirit. God became flesh to have a relationship with you and I. But God is spirit. He died for us. And he said in John 3:5. Jesus told Nicodemus, when he said it to him, he was talking at the moment to him, but really he was speaking down through time. He said, you must be born of water and spirit. So yes, we are born in water in our mother's womb. We're surrounded in water. The same thing happens in the spirit realm when I go to baptism in the name of Jesus. I am surrounded in water and in the name. Ah, I don't want you to get baptized in the name of Jonathan. No, I don't want you to get baptized in the title Father or Son or Spirit because none of that has the power that the name of Jesus has. Hallelujah. I heard, I heard the argument this morning. We all know there's been something beautiful going on in Asbury. And there hasn't been a whole lot of mention of the name. And so some of the guys were arguing it. There's power. That's because there's power in the name. If you know who you're praying to, if you know who you're talking to, if you know who died for you, there's a name that's above every name. The Bible said at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess because he is Lord. There is no name like the name of Jesus. And you can't come into a relationship with him without getting his name. He don't want to just live with you. He wants to marry you. Huh? He, he don't want you to be some unnamed child. He don't want you to be some child with the, who's fatherless, who has no one who really cares. He said, I'll give you my name. Oh, I, I paid the price to be your daddy. I'll give you my name. I'll come, and, come to the water of baptism. I'll wash your sins away so that you can be my child. Because children of God are without sin. Woo. Ah. ah. In my sin, I am filthy rags. But as a child of God, uh, when I repent and I let God, all of a sudden the righteousness of God is upon me. There is no sin. He does not see it anymore. Woo. That's something when God forgets. That's powerful. Does he know you this morning? Does Jesus know you? Who is he? You know what's crazy is the thoughts, you know, I'm thinking the thought. Does Jesus know you? And I'm thinking, how how does he not know me? Right? The Bible said, he saw me in my mother's womb. He told Jeremiah, before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. And yet, one of these days, he's going to say to some, depart. I never knew you. What are we talking about? The creator, the Bible says, he knows the number of hair on my head. And that changes often. Found a big long one on me last night. I thought, I didn't grow that one. That must have been my wife's hair. Lord knows I wouldn't with nobody else because I don't want to get hurt. She might hurt me. He knows the very number of hair on your head. He knows every sparrow. Think about that. You ever see a sparrow fall out of the sky? You ever see a bird dead on the side of the road? God knows every one. You'd think, wow, you know, that's just an extra. There's some things in life, you know, we we think we're so important. The the, the birds and the, the trees and all that's just extra to God. He doesn't really care. The Bible says he knows everyone. He cares about everything he's created. And because he could commune with you, tell me the passion that he does have for you. Oh, he's got a passion for you. He loves you deeply. He wants to know you. Huh. The Bible says to Jeremiah, he said, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest out of the womb, I sanctified thee. I ordained thee to be a prophet to the nation. Jeremiah, does he know you? Yes. Who is he? Isaiah 9, 6 says, for unto us a child is given. Unto us a son is given. A child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government shall be on his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. The everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Matthew 1, 21 says, she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Didn't say call his name Father, or Son, or Spirit. He has a name. His name is Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sin. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken to the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, shall bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which is God with us. We know John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things that were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. We know who He is. Jesus, the word, verse 14 said, it was made flesh. The intentions of God came to pass. He intended to become a man because someone needed a sacrifice, and that someone is me. I need him. My question today is, does Jesus know you? Talking to his disciples in Matthew 16, they came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, saying, "Who Hupnumim, men?" say that I, the Son of Man, am. And they said, some say you are John the Baptist, others Elias, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, who do you say I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Simon Barjona, flesh and blood, have not revealed it, but my Father which is in heaven. I say to thee, thou art Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not. Unless you know who Jesus is, you cannot be a part of the church. Because it's built on the fact that he is God in the flesh. He said, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. What you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. What are the keys? We know Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. It wasn't by accident that Peter was the preacher. Peter was the one bold enough to say, Thou art the Christ, the Son. You are God in the flesh. I see you. And Jesus said, Because you see it, let me tell you, there's a foundation of it on this rock, on who I am. The church will be built. So on the day of Pentecost, when they spilled out of the upper room, after they got what I got, woo! took me 2,000 years longer, but I got it. Woo, and I I guarantee you it's as good as it was when they got it. Because when I get it, I feel like dancing. I feel like shouting. Oh, it was good because they were laughing, they were shouting, they were speaking in tongues. They come busting out of the upper room. Woo, man, yeah, whoa, whoa, that feels good. I'm glad we waited 10 days. It was worth waiting for. And those around began to see it. They began to say, what's going on here? What's happening? They're prophesying. They're talking about God. Some said, ah, they're just gibbering. They're just, they're drunk. Peter said, hey, wait a second. This is not what you think it is, Bubba. This is what God said. Prophet Joel said in the last days. God said, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters. This is what's going on here. The spirit of God is here. What you don't understand, you Jews that are here, you Jews that cried, crucify him, crucify him. My sin, my sin needed his death. It might as well have been me in the crowd. Crucify. And in his love, he went to the cross. And Peter preached it. And when he preached it in verse 37, it says, when they heard it, ah, they were pricked or they were struck to their heart. And they began to cry out, brothers, bro, tell me. There's got to be a way out. There's got to be a solution. What can we do? Peter said, I got the message. Repent. If you don't want to be a sinner, turn from it. Say, God, I, that's not, I, I tried that, and all it makes me do is feel terrible. Oh, oh, the Bible says sin is pleasurable for a season, so, oh, yeah, it, it, might, it might have been fun at first, but then I feel way worse than I felt good about it. Turn from it. Repent and be baptized, every one of you. How did he say? In the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? No. Why did he why did he say in the name of Jesus? Because he knew the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Ghost. The name is Jesus. If you look in Scripture, the apostles, after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, they never said, oh, let me baptize you in the titles, Father, Son. No, because they knew that God's name, the Father, is Jesus. The Son was God manifest in the flesh. His name is Jesus. And God's Spirit comes to live in man like it did on Pentecost. And that same name is Jesus. So if you want to be saved, you got to get your Father's name. You gotta get the name of the one who came and died. Jesus. God gave himself for you and me. Does Jesus know you? The Bible says in Psalms 111.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Good understanding have all they that do his commandments. I'd always thought of this. I don't know if you ministers have thought about it. Maybe you found the answer. I'd always thought of it. I knew the answer was Jesus. I knew the answer was the Holy Ghost. What is the Holy Ghost? There is only one who's holy, God. So the Holy Ghost is God. Anytime in scripture you see the phrase Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, it's something God is doing. It's the moving of the Spirit. We know God is a spirit, so it's the movement of the Spirit of God. Without God, I'm dead. I'm dead in my sin. Oh, but when I get the Holy One, uh, when He steps down on the inside, oh, when the Spirit enters my life, all of a sudden, life begins to happen. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 4, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son made of a woman made under the law. Amazing right here. We serve an amazing God. We serve a God who doesn't just tell you to do something. We already talked about it this morning. He humbled himself and became a man. So when he tells you, you're born of a woman, but you can have a relationship with me, he was born of a woman too. He obeyed his own law. Why? What is the matrix? You ever hear, about, you ever hear that word matrix? Immediately you think about a movie, don't you? It's not a movie. Matrix is the womb of a woman. Check it out. Numbers and Deuteronomy. Exodus and Numbers have the word matrix in it. It's talking about the womb of a woman. God came through the womb just like you did. Every man is born from the womb. I'm glad I know who I am. I don't have a womb. I got a woman who's got a womb. But I'm a man. And I'm glad I know there's men and women. I'm glad I'm not confused as to who I am this morning. That was free right there. Revelation. Yeah, and you're not some amoeba either. You're just a man or a woman. Embrace it. You're special the way you are. God created you. So the Bible says in verse 5 of of Galatians chapter 4, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the what? Adoption of son. So I was not born a child of God. I was not born in the family. I was born in sin. Sinners are not, they don't belong to God. In my sin, I'm not a child of God. But the Bible says that we might receive. Oh, I'm not a huge fan of adoption, but that's one adoption I like. I'm thankful I'm adopted. I shouldn't say that. I am a fan of adoption. I'm so thankful that children who don't have parents get some. Because I didn't. I was lost in my sin, and he gave me part of his family. To redeem them that they might receive the adoption. of. The Bible says, verse 6, and because you are, because he adopted you, and your sons and daughters, God has sent forth the spirit. Huh. Yeah, my kids, I have four of them. They all got my blood, poor kids. I've had 20 surgeries. I hope they don't have to. Huh? Huh? I hope not. I hope they stay strong. But we're all human. And in my humanity, if we were strong, we could just live forever. We wouldn't need God. So I guess I am glad I'm weak. Because when I am weak, then then I'm strong. Then I know I need him. And when I have him, I know it's going to be okay. Because your sons, he hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. Jesus said, I won't leave you comfortless. I will come to you yet a little while. Mm. He said, you must be born of water and spirit. He said, and the Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. And began to speak with tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. There's such a thing as spirit birth. You're born in the physical, but you need to be born in the spirit. If he's gonna know you, you gotta be adopted into the family. You gotta receive your father's spirit. God is a spirit. If you wanna know him, you gotta get in the spirit. In Acts chapter 10, 40, verse 46, it says, They that heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid that they be, forbid water that these be baptized? that have received the Holy Ghost. You see, when you become a child of God, he immediately wants you to have his name. My kids came home Hudson's, because that's my name. God wants you to have his name. Verse 7 says this, Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Verse 8 says, How be it then, when you knew not God, you did service to them which were by nature No God. Huh. Because we all have a desire to serve something. And so we served things that are not God. Oh, but now. Verse 9 has the answer to my question. Does Jesus know you? The Bible says, but now. After that we have known. You see, when you get the Holy Ghost, that's how you really know him. Oh, until you receive the spirit of the father, you don't you know of him. But when you get the Holy Ghost, the Bible says we cry, Abba, he's my daddy. Now I know he's my father. Oh, the world can't give it and the world can't take it away. It's in the Holy Ghost that he knows me and that I know him. It says you have known God or rather are known of God. How does Jesus know you? Give yourself to him and you receive his spirit. There's a story in scripture in Matthew chapter 25, and I'm going to paraphrase because I've taken enough time already. Ten virgins. What is a virgin? That is someone who is pure, they've never been with another. Right? Ten virgins. So, how do you become a, a virgin in the family of God? You repent of your sins. You're baptized in Jesus' name, receive the Holy Ghost, and you are pure before God. That day you are newer than the day you were born. Because we were born in sin, David said, shaped in an But that day, when you give your life to God and you experience the plan of salvation. So we're talking here. Jesus is talking about the end time. Jesus is talking about coming back for the church. The bride is waiting for the groom. Jesus, the Bible said, Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And where I go, there you shall be also. I will come again. I don't know about you, but the signs of the time tell me that the coming is soon. If you're going to get ready, you better get ready now. So here we have ten virgins. These are, this is the church. This is not the world. This is the church. But unfortunately, five of them were foolish. They were around the family of God. They had once been in the family. They had once had the spirit of God. You know, there's some churches that say, you know, you just accept the Lord. He's your savior. And poof, no matter what else you do, you're going to heaven. That's a lie. Matthew. Jesus told this in Matthew. Five, foolish. They said to the others, give me some of your oil. The bridegroom comes. The Bible says the cry went out. The bridegroom's coming. They didn't know how far away he was. They didn't know how long it was going to take. Just like today, the Bible says no man knows the day nor the hour, but I'm here to tell you, he's coming. You better get ready. He's coming. Oh, and it's going to be sooner than later. The cry went out and they all got up and they trimmed their lamps. And some had oil, some didn't. So those that had it said, hey, you can't go to heaven on my relationship. We talked about it this morning. Every man must seek out his own salvation. You got to seek it for you. You got to get it for you. I can't get it for you. I can't come up here and stand in your place. You got to come and stand. You got to give your life. You got to repent of your sin. You got to receive the spirit for you. I can't do it. Why don't you run by some, come back. Five went away to get oil. While they were gone, the Bible says, the bridegroom returned, and he welcomed the five in, and he shut the door. Just like the days of Noah. Noah preached for 100 and something, 200 years that there was coming a rain, and you need to be in the ark. Uh, This, the church, is the ark of God. If you get in it, and you'll stay in it, and you'll stay full of the Holy Ghost, and you'll keep a relationship with God, one of these days, this ark is going to lift. Ah, the waters are coming. The fire of God is coming. But, oh, something's going to lift you and me out of here. If you'll get the Spirit of God, those who receive the Spirit, you're not earthly anymore. You're heavenly. You receive the very presence of God. And it's going to take you home someday. The foolish came, and they beat on the door. Let us in. We're here. And what does it say? In verse 12. He answered and said, Verily I say unto thee, I know you not. Seems like I heard that at the beginning of my message. Matthew chapter 7. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I don't know you. So what will it be this morning? And does Jesus... No, you. Stand with me if you would. Does Jesus know you? There's a story in American history told. A young man was out swimming in a swimming hole all by himself that day and enjoying some cooling off and swimming. He began to fail. He began to cramp. He began to drown. And as he's bobbing up and down, he's coming up and gasping for air. He yells out Save me, somebody help me, somebody help me. There was a man driving by and he pulled his car off the road quickly and jumped in the pool, grabbed the boy and dragged him to the shore and saved his life. The boy was so grateful. And Years go by and the young man found himself in trouble with the law, found himself in court facing the judge. The call went out all rise. The judge entered the room, took his seat. When he took it, the boy's eyes got big. I know him. When it came his chance, his time to stand before the judge, he said, Judge, Judge, do you remember me? I was the boy that was drowning in the pool that day, and you stopped and you saved my life. And the judge said, Yes, son, that was a great day. But, son, today, I was your Savior then. But today I'm your judge. Don't wait until you stand before the judge to hear either well done or depart. I don't know you. Today is the day to get to know him. Now is a chance you're at an apostolic church. We believe in spirit birth. We believe that you can repent of your sin. We will baptize you in the name of Jesus. You can get the name of your heavenly father. You can know that you're a child of God. And you can receive the very spirit of God. Bible says in Acts chapter 2, they all spake with tongues as the Spirit filled them. That's how you know. You receive the Spirit of your heavenly Father. Close your eyes this morning with me if you would. Father, you have given us a word. You have spoken to us through your word and your servant. I thank you, God, that this is not my message. This is your message. You love everybody here. I felt it earlier. Your arms are open. You desire to hold us in your arms of love. You desire, God, to embrace us and say, it's going to be okay. I forgive you. I love you. I forgive that sin in your life. I forgive that trouble you're going. I'll help you in every situation. I want you to be my child. I'll give you my name. I'll give you my very spirit if you'll just come to me, child. If you'll just be open to my spirit. Oh, child, won't you come? The arms of God are open. This altar is open this morning. You could come to this altar right now. You can open up your arms. Don't you worry about somebody else. Are they going to go to heaven for you? Are they going to have a relationship with God for you? No, no, no. You must touch God for you. You have to have a relationship with God. As the musicians play and begin to sing, this altar is open. Don't leave this place without knowing that he knows you. Don't leave this place without coming into a relationship with God. If you do, I hear the heart of God breaking. And I feel I feel God's love in this house. He's here this morning. Come to him today. Come on. Come on church. Let's come down here together. Let's come to the house of God. Let's come to the altar of God. God, renew me in the Holy Ghost. I want to know, God. I want to leave this place knowing that you know me. I want to leave this place knowing that I am yours and you are mine. Oh, God, I need you. That's it. Come on, open yourself up to the Spirit. I pray by the authority of the Word of God by the power in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Ghost, that the Spirit of God would be poured out in this house, that there would be renewal, that there would be births in the kingdom of God, that people would receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the first time. The Spirit is here, and the Spirit is willing. Let Him touch you today. Come on. Come on. Don't stand back. Come to Him. He loves you.